Today's reading is 1 Peter 3. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your husbands, so that even if they refuse to believe the word, they will be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see your pure and reverent demeanor. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair or gold jewelry or fine clothes, but from the inner disposition of your heart, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in God's sight. For this is how the holy women of the past adorned themselves. They put their hope in God and were submissive to their husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham and called him Lord. And you are her children if you do what is right and refuse to give way to fear. Husbands, in the same way, treat your wives with consideration, as a delicate vessel, and with honor as fellow heirs of the gracious gift of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Finally, all of you, be like-minded and sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be tender-hearted and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are inclined to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who can harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be shaken. But in your hearts, sanctify Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give a defense to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that is in you. But respond with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who slander you may be put to shame by your good behavior in Christ. For it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit, in whom he also went and preached to the spirits in prison, who disobeyed long ago, when God patiently waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In the ark, a few people, only eight souls, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes the baptism that now saves you also, not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers subject to him. This is God's word. Defensiveness is a natural human response to fear. God created us with a self-protecting instinct. So when we feel threatened, we become guarded about what we do and say. We also get ready to run away or fight, and we look for signs of increasing danger. These instincts are to protect us from physical harm, but they can be triggered when someone tries to harm us with words or deception. If you've been hurt often, you are probably more defensive than you naturally would be and possibly more than others around you are. The same is true if you've been or felt threatened repeatedly. It is also true in any area of your life where you feel vulnerable. My math skills are abysmal, so I feel anxious when I have to make change or do some kind of calculation in front of another person. I'm sensitive to the criticism in that area and always feel like I'm being judged, 
so I can get defensive sometimes. By the way, being open about my weakness in math makes me feel less defensive about it. Since you and I know that we have weaknesses and vulnerabilities, we should realize that others do as well. When people surprise us by overreacting to something we said or did, we often react with defensiveness. They attack us verbally, so we hit back with words ourselves. The situation can often escalate from there into a full-blown argument. But if in that moment we realize that the other person is feeling defensive because they have a history of feeling attacked or a special sensitivity in that area, then we've learned to be sympathetic as 1 Peter 3.8, which we read today, commands us to be. That gives us an opportunity to respond with love. Verse 8c says, love one another. Gives us an opportunity to feel compassion for that person's pain or weakness. Verse 8d says, be compassionate. And it gives us an opportunity to swallow our pride. Verse 8e says, be humble. That's the internal process that growing in Christ creates in us. The outward result of that internal process is stated in verse 9. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. That's the NIV's translation. If someone has ever blessed you with compassion, love, and kindness, then you know what a blessing that is. How much would our families benefit if we husbands brought that kind of consideration to our wives, as verse 7 indicates? And if wives realized how attractive submission is to their husbands, as verse 5 says. It is so much easier to be obedient to those commands when you begin by being sympathetic to your spouse. How much would our church benefit if we were humble enough to be sympathetic and compassionate to those around us? How would your workplace improve? Might God use your loving attitude toward others to open doors to witness For Christ, see verses 15 through 16 for the answer to that. So I hope this helped you. And I hope you will feel sympathetic toward others and cultivate a sense of sympathy for other people. And I'll see you next time. May God bless you. Have a great day.